0: Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Day. Today is August 15th, 2019. 24 days to kick off. And the game's tonight. Tomorrow. Yes, but... We're posting this Friday morning, so tonight. Okay. Okay, so games...
1: So we're in the future in this episode. (laughs) We can't ever get it straight.
0: (laughs) Time-traveling podcasts. We should do a time-traveling podcast. I love time travel. You give me a movie with time travel in it, I'm watching that crap.
1: I can't wrap my head around it. And especially if they do it really complicated, I just... It loses me.
0: They do them complicated so you get lost. And you can't follow it because most of it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Oh, fact checks and follow-ups. Follow-up number one. Evan Smith came to the team in 2014, first year of Lovey Smith's tenure. Evan Smith just got released for having a crappy, 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 crappy preseason game. He was on the field for, I think, a series or two in the first half, and he had at least four, possibly five mistakes in, I don't know, what's that?
1: Can you imagine losing your job plays? with just one game? Like one game, that's all it took for them to be like, all right, you're out of here.
0: It was a bad game. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Guess it would have to
0: be. Well, he he wasn't stacking up a big resume anyhow, so
1: riding the bench at this point, basically
0: a two point two million dollar backup that wasn't any good. It's hard to swallow that. So the follow up was: Did Lovey Smith bring Evan Smith in?
1: Yeah, and he did.
0: Because of his last name. Probably. Hey, you're a Smith too. Mm -hmm. Come on, buddy, brother. Fact check. August twenty ninth, two thousand and eleven, Tquan Underwood signed with the New England Patriots. On September third, five days after signing with the Patriots, Underwood was cut. On November eighth, two thousand and eleven, Underwood was signed to the fifty three man roster to boost the beleaguered kick return squad. That's with the Patriots, and then he was released again. November twelfth, and then re signed. November twenty third. On February fourth, February fourth, two thousand and twelve, the night before Super Bowl. XLVI. <laughs> I don't even know what Super Bowls are on. 56. Is that right? Look at that silly XLVI. <laughs> I
1: think it's 46.
0: Probably, yeah, because we were like 43. Oh my gosh, how do I not know that? If that was 2012, and that's 46?
1: I think so. Anyway,
0: there's going to be another follow up. <laughs> He was a. Ralph okay. can't
1: read Roman <laughs>
0: humor. So February 4th, 2012, a night before Super Bowl lots, he was released. He was re signed by the Patriots two days after the Super Bowl on February 7th, 2012. He was then cut again May 3rd after the Patriots signed Jabbar Gaffney. On August 23rd, 2012, he received his own NFC AFC Championship ring.
1: So this was Under Underwood. And his season with the Patriots.
0: That's right. After we were, no. did we no. trade him or really? Well, him? no,
1: I thought that we had him before he went to the Patriots, but mm-hmm. we got him after.
0: <gasps> really? I know. Oh, he signed with us May 7th, 2012. Yeah.
1: He played ah. with us for one season, then let go in August of 2014, so the preseason. And then he went to the CFL until 2017.
0: Played with the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Montreal Alouettes.
1: So now he's a quality control coach with the Miami Dolphins. And we might get to see the hair on the sidelines.
0: He still got it?
1: I don't know. We're going to find out because you know you'll
0: <laughs> no be able way. to spot it. No, those coaches got to be somewhat professional.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: I bet we wouldn't even recognize him. No, not probably not.
1: We made some roster moves. We signed a wide receiver, Emmanuel Hall. He practiced. He was with the Bears for a little bit this offseason.
0: That's what we needed, more wide receivers. I know. 13's not enough, man.
1: Wasn't that a weird move? (laughs) And they waived that safety Micah Abernathy that we just signed.
0: We just got him. You know why?
1: Why?
0: Because of Maddie Wilkerson. Mazzy Wilkerson, number 37. Keith Tandy's old number. What about him? He rocked in that preseason game. Oh, he did? Yeah, he's a a backup quarterback, last in line. Yeah, he had two really good plays. He's the one that... Got that turnover we needed in the fourth quarter. He came shooting in like a bullet. Dang. Popped that ball right out. And then the other one, it was a, almost the interception. It was a duck ball throwing up from pressure, and he ran and dove for that thing. Almost got it, too. Dang. So I think they went, hey, okay. We're good there. Yeah. So, no, that was a safety, like Abernathy. <laughs> He's a quarterback. Oh. I don't know. I could have he was playing safety, but I don't know. You can't tell without the All-22. Yeah. They just come flying in. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. So yeah, that might not have been the reason, but I wanted to bring Mazzy up. He did a good job in that preseason game.
1: Another guy that you liked from the preseason game, led better. Yes. He's got a high ankle sprain.
0: Oh, come on. I know. Right? I know. He only made Nacho, fifty six, Nunez Rochez. Played very well. Nacho better. He he's like a, Nacho is like seventy five percent Vita Vea. He's at Vita Vea's level at four stars. yeah, seventy five percent.
1: He's the discount Vita Vea.
0: Discount Vita Vea. Walmart brand. But yeah, I think those are those three guys are the ones that stood out on defense. If you had to pick the winners, it would be fifty-six Nacho Nunez rochez seventy-eight Ledbetter, and thirty-seven Wilkinson.
1: Do you think that Wilkinson will get more time in this preseason game?
0: Probably, yeah. Yeah, they probably liked what they saw. He's a rookie too.
1: Yeah, any a walk-on? Mm. We didn't draft him.
0: So we released Micah Abernathy.
1: Speaking of injuries, I was listening to the Ira Kaufman podcast, and one of the Joes said that he had heard that some of the players are feeling too much pressure from the coaching staff to come back from injuries.
0: Yeah, I could see that, but I'm kind of on the side on that.
1: And we've talked about on the podcast before that there is an injury culture here. What's the best way to get rid of that? Not tolerate it.
0: Yeah. That's a tough one, you know, because it's like... he it can easily wanna...
1: turn against him, too. He could lose the locker room that way.
0: Yeah, especially in this uh, this culture where the, the employees have more power than management, really. Yeah. They could tank the season. Not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that BA would get rid of those guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Quick.
1: <laughs> I think it's just being able to like, pick them out and then get rid of them. That's not to say that players aren't legitimately injured and they need to take care of their bodies, but... I mean, how long has Scotty Miller missed? You gotta be in camp to be able to show them something to keep Mm -hmm.
0: you. Yeah, you gotta go out there. You can't do flashes and then disappear, whether it's you're still on the field or you can't be on the field. You can't just disappear and try to bank on your past success. You gotta be consistently good. And if these guys can't see that you're being consistently good, we're trying to find somebody that is.
1: It's just such a stark contrast from that to Rondé Barber's yeah. Ring of Honor press conference, where he was he's like, like, "I scored my first touchdown with a torn quad." He was like, "I've been I've been injured so much, like I was always playing injured, and there was some fudging of the injury reports through the years and all that." But he was going to play through it. Hey,
0: he played every game, never missed a game.
1: Crazy, never no. in his career.
0: Mm. holy crap like 15 we- years 13 years some crap like that do we
1: have anybody that's never even missed a season
0: well David Smith hasn't missed oh, a oh
1: god don't give me that
0: <laughs> 15 years he never missed a game not a game he didn't even start his first year They didn't know what they had hopefully we got one of those on the team right now you never know who it's gonna be you never know
1: they need to start by staying healthy
0: availability is accountability right. yo don't be a I can't remember the guy's name again
1: Wally Pip Wally
0: Pip don't be a Wally Pip now
1: you see on Hard Knocks there was that one guy that broke his hand in the middle of the play Mm -hmm. in the preseason game broke his whole hand he just shattered it he tried to punch the ball out yeah and he went down got a cast on his hand and went back in his hand was like a a limp noodle
0: and then told everybody that he encountered that he broke his hand (laughs) that's true
1: but he played still
0: yeah yeah he did we'll see if he comes in the next game
1: yeah that was a weird episode
0: very weird John Gruden just all of a sudden, he was giving got that speech weird. and then just stopped and just started cussing everybody out.
1: Right. It looked like the Hard Knocks producers had given him a script to read. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's when his acting started.
0: You got to wonder about that, you know.
1: And then Antonio Brown was so weird. What did he do? He wanted you to look at your at his feet.
0: He was showing everybody his he feet. He was
1: showing in the camera crews. He's like, explaining what happened. Then he's like, do you want to see him? And he's like, (laughs) like, it was so weird. And he makes a production of taking off his sock in front of the cameras. And then puts his gross feet up on the camera. Oh, so gross.
0: He's proud of them feet.
1: I know. It's weird. And John Gruden was talking to one of the rookies and asking him if he invited people to the game and if his girlfriend was coming.
0: Or if he knew any girlfriend. He was like, bring him. Let me meet him.
1: And, yeah. John was like, I'll meet her.
0: And then there was something else. Uh... Somebody else's wife or something. He was. It was. It was weird.
1: He's gonna get me The
0: <laughs> <laughs> First football coach casualty of the Me Too movement. Yeah, coming your way.
1: It was almost Robert Kraft. They tried. I woke up to some really weird tweets from people about McCoy this morning. I had no idea what it was, and I had to dig for it a little bit. But the Warren Sapp went on the Peter Report podcast, and they asked him about McCoy. I forget what the question was. It was pretty innocuous.
0: That's a good get, man. Yeah. Warren sap
1: They said that he's kind of temperamental, so he might say yes one minute, and then you're like, okay, let's go back to my, you know, you couldn't wait any length of time because he might change his mind. Like, he'd just back out.
0: He could do that. He can do what he wants. Yeah. It's Warren <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyway, he chimed in on the whole McCoy thing, whether he's worthy of the Ring of Honor, whether they should have retired his jersey or not.
0: And now, now, he was a big Warren, uh, Jerry McCoy supporter. For
1: years, he tried to take McCoy under his wing.
0: And he did not like Sue, supposedly. I don't know if it was a personal thing or just uh, he talked crap about him as a player. I don't know. So now we got Sue. mccoy is gone. And Saps dissing McCoy.
1: He didn't diss him. He just said the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing.
1: I didn't think that he was bashing McCoy. I think he was just kind of like, dude, McCoy, let it go. Kind of.
0: Did you listen to that? Yeah. Okay, I didn't listen to it.
1: He took issue with what every Buck fan took issue with, that McCoy was saying, oh, you have all these guys who went to Pro Bowls and they retired their numbers, like Leroy Selman and Sapp and Derrick Brooks, like putting himself in that caliber player.
0: Bringing up Pro Bowls, that's not the commonality he's got with any of those people. The rest of them went to playoffs and super bowls and, and stuff that, like that was
1: Warren Sapp's point. Don't put yourself up there with them.
0: He never even sniffed the playoffs. No. I think we played in the nine years he was with us, two games in December that had any significance whatsoever. His his job was done by <laughs> early November usually. Yeah.
1: He made some other good points about other Bucks players with Vita. He said Vita's living over on the west coast in the off season and then he like flies to Florida. To play. And Sapp's so like, you got to get your body acclimated to the Florida weather. Like, you shouldn't be living somewhere else. And then, because you're not used to the Florida environment when you come to play.
0: Is he living on the West Coast, or is he living... Yeah,
1: I think in Washington. On, <laughs> on an an island. He's, he's yeah. from
0: the Hawaiian Islands, right?
1: No. His family's from Tonga. But I think he, he went to college in Washington.
0: Is that where he's staying? Washington? Yeah. Wow, Vida. Yeah. Commit to Tampa.
1: That is a little weird. Anyone buy a house here? Probably hates the weather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he likes that moist, cool weather in yeah. Washington.
1: Well, probably he's a big boy. And that's another Sap, SAP's points. You don't draft a fat defensive lineman in Florida.
0: We drafted him. I do. <laughs> the fuck? He
1: doesn't consider himself fat, maybe. <laughs>
0: <sighs> he was always the baddest body dude. He had these skinny ankles, he had a skinny wrist. He looked like a a blow-up balloon. (laughs) It's was too inflated in the abdomen area.
1: They asked him about this new defense, and he said he would give everything back to play under a Todd Bowles defense. He's so excited about this defense. Cool. Yeah.
0: I am, too. Can't wait to see some of it. I thought we'd see a little bit of it in preseason. Yeah. We saw much more innovation out of the offense than we did the defense, which I was made me very happy, because one thing I loved about Cutter was he was an offensive guru, and he came up with some great plays. Yeah, and I saw some really good plays in that preseason game. Some of the guys couldn't execute them very well, but they were interesting. Are
1: they complicated?
0: No, nah, they're tricky. Gotcha.
1: We haven't had a whole lot of that in the past few years.
0: Yeah, Cutter, Cutter would have some, but he would do them so sparingly. Yeah, his thing was really just beating the other defense.
1: Like Ron Rivera, you'll see a tricky play at least three, four times oh, a God. game.
0: Every three or four plays.
1: Yeah.
0: Always something. We're horrible at even play action. Something Jameis needs to get better at. I'd like to see Jameis get better at simple, kind of second level foundation stuff with uh, play action, get better at that, pump fakes. I'd like to see him do one, maybe, <laughs> eventually.
1: His windup is just so long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Taking 12 seconds to throw the ball. Yeah. Especially with
1: uh-huh. Byron
0: Leftwich teaching him how to throw the ball. Good Lord.
1: You know, I forgot that Byron Leftwich had played with the Steelers. So that was like a homecoming for him. Yeah, we
0: missed that one,
1: yeah. I forgot about it because he was our quarterback first. So I just feel like everybody else got sloppy seconds.
0: Right. So we missed <laughs> we missed the Dolphins or the uh, Steelers storyline there. You had, a lot of, you had most of the storylines. Yeah. So what do we got with the Dolphins? Coming up.
1: This one's crazy. They are a dumpster fire. Like, their season's (laughs) over. No, it's great. It's really bad. And I don't know if it's, like, management or the coaching. Like, the coaches just don't really have a good game plan. It's
0: everything. Like,
1: they're not managing their people well.
0: It's it's, The Jets are, I think it's going to be a fight to the bottom between them and the Jets. Although the Raiders might get in the mix. (laughs) You never know with them. That was
1: bad. So, the Dolphins have a running back controversy, kind of. Kenyon Drake is sidelined with a lower leg injury. So oh, man. I like him. The second-year guy, Kalen Bailidge, he was splitting reps with Drake before Drake got injured. Oh. So, this guy might be playing a larger part in their offense than Kenyon is. Oops. And I don't know if that's long-term. Wally Pip. Yeah, exactly. Kalen was drafted by the Dolphins. Or, no, I'm sorry. He was with the Dolphins last year as a rookie. That was his rookie season. Okay. They've chosen their leader of the defense. The the defense. What?
0: What? Is that a thing you do? You choose your leader. leader? Yeah,
1: it's like a whole election. Do they do a ceremony?
0: (laughs) Burn a Viking ship.
1: They have democratic elections. Okay. (laughs)
0: Little ballot box.
1: (laughs) No, they made him the play caller.
0: They didn't know who the play caller was going to be until. No. I don't think so. When did they? Was that today?
1: It was five hours ago. (laughs) This article came out.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's funny.
1: His name is Jerome Baker. He's a second year player.
0: I mean, we don't know. They might have just picked his name out of a hat. (laughs) They just chose a leader. (laughs) Kalen Bailage?
1: No, Jerome Baker.
0: Kalen Bailage is the running back that's taking Kenya Drake's spot, if you ain't careful.
1: Trying to cheat off my notes.
0: Jerome Baker. Never heard of him.
1: Well, he'll be playing, calling plays.
0: He's the leader.
1: He's the leader.
0: <laughs> Detroit.
1: They also, of course, have a quarterback controversy with Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> and Josh Rosen. This is terrible. This is so Josh, bad. Josh Rosen. Poor Josh Rosen is just getting the shit into the stick.
0: And his injury hasn't even happened yet. I know. The Fitzpatrick curse has not happened yet.
1: <laughs> well, Fitzpatrick has to get benched first. Yeah, yeah. And then Josh Rosen can play. And get injured, so then Fitzpatrick can come back in.
0: It's gonna be a fun shit show to watch.
1: Fitzpatrick <laughs> is the favorite to win the starting job right now. Josh Rosen has made some headway, but they don't really have a timeline for naming who's gonna be the starting quarterback. Well, they They're waited. Let them duke it out.
0: They waited until right before the game <laughs> to pick their defensive leader. Maybe they'll do that with a quarterback.
1: It sounds like that's what they're doing. And this is the worst part, is that they're in win-now mode, so they're not (laughs) trying to develop Josh Rosen. And they're not even going to decide on him until the end of the season, so they can figure out if they need to draft somebody. That's their quarterback strategy.
0: Win-now? These guys haven't even sacrificed enough Satan yet to beat the Patriots (laughs) in their division. (laughs) And they they got Fitzpatrick in there, and that's really the only person on their team that has got any uh, good skills.
1: And they are they come and they go. <laughs> they're intermittent.
0: <laughs> I mean, Kenny Stills is good. Kenny Drake was all right. I liked him.
1: Okay, that's our offense.
0: Yeah, no, their defense might as well not even get out of the field. <laughs> It'd be better for everybody, I think. Especially their fans.
1: <laughs> oh, the poor Dolphins. So it gets worse, too. It
0: can't. Nothing can get worse than their logo. Oh, I'm sorry. It gets it's a porpoise. <laughs> it's a flipper. Might as well have like a cute kitten on the side of your helmet. Okay,
1: the worst one to me is the Indianapolis Colts. Their pony. Their baby horses.
0: You ain't never been hit with a horseshoe, have you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the scariest part of the baby horse. What
0: if, they <laughs> did? what if they had like a My Little Pony on the side of their oh, helmet? Oh,
1: man. It's probably coming to that.
0: Hey, Indianapolis, watch out for them this year, man. I think they are primed to... Uh, Going to playoffs for sure. Probably gonna win that division. Their
1: division is weak.
0: True enough. But you got the Texans in there who every year have the potential (laughs) to go to the Super Bowl.
1: Didn't they fire their GM? They have like no GM right now. I think Bill O'Brien's doing everything.
0: That sounds like a disaster.
1: I know. We'll see.
0: When does that ever work? Bill Parcells, maybe?
1: It didn't with Lovey Smith. He had a shill GM.
0: You might have that more often than you would think. I don't know.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: I think we kind of got one now. Maybe that's why I liked, He's been, I like, demoted, though. I don't. Has he ever been not demoted? <laughs> I don't know. He <laughs> came in demoted.
1: I think with Dirk, I think Dirk just let him do whatever.
0: Yeah, I'll go with that.
1: So back to the Dolphins. Kenny Still, their wide receiver, and that we were just talking about last podcast, was mad that the owner of the organization had fundraised for Donald Trump.
0: I heard about that. So
1: he tweeted about it. Basically, calling his boss a hypocrite. How so? Because the owner of the Dolphins, I guess they have a social justice initiative, and Kenny still thinks that that's contrary to fundraising for Donald Trump. So what? he publicly shamed him on Twitter, his boss.
0: How do you shame somebody for supporting a president? I don't know.
1: But who calls out their boss like that? This is a bad move. They signed your paycheck, buddy. You could be gone tomorrow if they said so.
0: Yeah, well, I don't. I just don't agree with people like screaming out their politics like that. Anyhow, yeah, yeah you disagree with somebody, it's fine, but you got to tell everybody they're a jerk,
1: right? <laughs> you know. So.
0: Yeah, that's that seems like a really dumb idea to do professionally because I mean, if you you piss off one owner, you got to find his enemy to get a job. Yeah. And if he ain't got no enemies, really, then you ain't gonna get a job. No,
1: and I don't feel like. <laughs> Kenny Stills is that caliber of player where they're gonna take on that risk. Not that he's a bad player. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Man? He's a serviceable receiver, but then he's not take, the negative He's not taking
0: him to the playoffs.
1: <laughs> right. And then he that. to also be talking about the organization trying to the organization by extension. Yeah. It's not a very smart move.
0: I wouldn't think so. Wouldn't think so. We'll see how it plays out though.
1: I think they. I read an article where they had had a brief phone call to hash it out, but it was short. So, who knows? Anyway, it just sounds like there's a lot of turmoil in there from a lot of different directions. That's a lot of stuff <laughs> going on, and it's just training camp.
0: So, Kenyon Drake, sideline with a lower leg injury, and the guy was bit biting at his heels. Yeah. Kalen Bailidge is getting his starting job. Maybe. We just found out Jerome Baker is the new leader of the defense. We'll be calling plays. Just found that out today. And there's a quarterback controversy going on between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. And Kenny Stills called out his boss and got a special phone call in return.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that about sums it up. (laughs) So we'll see how this goes. I don't know.
0: Glad we don't have any of that drama.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot.
0: We have very minimum drama. Got rid of Gerald McCoy. That was the biggest drama we had. Yeah. Ever since then. And it was
1: kind of outside the organization, though.
0: Yeah. Good. I like it. Like, it was
1: everyone else kind of making a big deal about it.
0: I like it. Remember last year we had the drama of James Winston being suspended and crap? And
1: Deshaun Jackson. Before
0: that, we had hard knocks. And then for many years before that, it was just that we'd suck.
1: (laughs) So what's your prediction for the game? Well. I think we're winning.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm thinking of what level of destruction we're going (laughs) to give to them.
1: And how much will they score? I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he might have some success, maybe. But they probably won't have him out there long. Oh, well, I wonder how much they are going to play. I think Rosen's gotten more playing time just because they want to see what he can do.
0: I just watched Brightburn, the movie. Yeah. And it was a lot more graphic than I expected. Some really horrible scenes in it. Whenever I think of this game, that's what I think of. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the poor Dolphins. We're going to have like PETA called on us because we're going to be <laughs> abusing these animals so bad. The poor porpoises. But you know, it's scary. I know I said this last podcast and I think the podcast before, but Minnesota and New Orleans.
1: Oh, yeah. We watched some of that.
0: Yeah. I had to. I was like, you got to watch this.
1: It was entertaining.
0: It was like a playoff game. Yeah. Both teams were that good and fighting that hard. There was a lot of penalties. You brought that up. You're like, gosh, how many penalties? It was like 10.
1: Our game, too. There was a lot of penalties. Mm hmm. They just warm it up for the season. The rest are trying to get their practice in.
0: There's still too much penalties going on in the regular season, too, man. I just, every kickoff and just about, I don't know, 60% of punt returns, there's a flag. Yeah. The best thing to do, I you know, I, I wouldn't have my kickers touch the ball if they could help it. I mean, my kick returners, So to bounce out of the end zone.
1: I think that's what they're trying to do, though. I think they want to get rid of those because they say you're more likely to get injured.
0: Where did that come from? Because I've watched football my whole life, and I don't remember, like, there being an epidemic of people getting hurt on kick returns.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think they just looked at the numbers.
0: Care to share it with the class? That's what I tell them, you know. (laughs) You can't just say that and be like, okay.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see what their data set is.
0: Kick returns were always, no matter how bad your team was doing, you always, when when there was a kick or a punt, you felt like there was hope. Yeah. We can get a touchdown here. He can run it back for a touchdown. He could do it. He could do it. I swear. Although the Buccaneers have never had much luck with that. Look, we got, what have we had? Two in the history of the two kick returns for touchdowns in the history of the Buccaneers. And now we'll never have another one probably because it's so damn hard to do. Yeah. Even if you get one, it's a penalty now somewhere. So, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not real happy about it. I'm not real happy with the change in all the kicker rules. It's taking out part of a game. And now, I mean, now if. If we score a touchdown and they make the point after, I'll just go get something to eat, something to drink. Yeah, I don't care about the. Part that's of true.
1: Don't really watch them. They're just kind of a thing that happens.
0: Nine times out of ten, is a penalty. It doesn't yeah, matter in so here. It's the worst.
1: It just really breaks up the momentum of the game, and that's what you find in these preseason games when they throw so many.
0: Yeah, it's hard to get a grasp on what's happening with the game because it's just so much referee involvement,
1: and it moves the ball too much. It's not so much the offense advancing the ball. It's where's the ball after the penalty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there was three plays in sequence in our preseason game where we got a penalty, we moved back 10 yards, and then they got a penalty, and we moved up 10 yards, and then we had the play. So it was like that whole period there of moving back 10 yards up. It was totally wasted.
1: Yeah, wasted time, <laughs> Yeah, wasted it was like 15 effort. minutes. Yeah.
0: Like, why? Because, you know, there's the play and you know, the Ref refs throw the penalty flag, and then they got to huddle together and talk about what happened. And then the whole time, the announcers have got to be telling you what they think has happened. And then the ref comes out, and he tells you what they decided they think happened. And then the announcers talk about what the refs just said. Then the guys get lined up for the ball. You do that <laughs> two or three times, man. It's like, oh, my God. I wonder what ref crew we're going to get first preseason or second preseason game.
1: Not a good one, that's for sure. That's yeah,
0: probably guaranteed.
1: Yeah. We're two low-market teams.
0: And it's preseason. Yeah. They're trying out their fresh refs, too.
1: We'll be meeting them this weekend. We'll be what? We'll be meeting them this week.
0: Yeah. So we're going to curb stomp the porpoises this week.
1: (laughs) That sounds bad. Friday.
0: I know. We're like those Japanese guys with the club. Oh, no. Trap them on the island.
1: They had a documentary about that.
0: So it's going to be a rough day for seafaring animals in Tampa. I want to see us play well. I want to see some... More tricky stuff on the offense, executed well this time. I want to see the defensive secondary do something. Mazzy Wilkins, see him out there. We won't see him until later in the game, though.
1: You think this new safety we signed, Darian Stewart, will play?
0: I have no idea. No idea. I I want to see something from Edwards. I mean, he was out there yesterday, or uh, last game, but...
1: And Sean Murphy Bunting, too.
0: He played not well.
1: B.A. called him out. Rightfully so. So we'll see how he responds to that.
0: Mazzy'll take his job. Mazzy smells blood in the water. <laughs> He's like, you don't messed up, boy. I'm taking your job. You like him? Yeah, just just from that little quick. I mean, just those two plays. I like that aggressiveness. Yeah. He ain't scared of contact. That's for sure.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: He ain't scared of hitting the guy with the ball or hitting the ground to get the ball.
1: Huh.
0: He did. He laid out for that interception. Bounced right off the ground. That's like what
1: you saw a lot in the Vikings Saints game. Well that the everyone was fighting? They were
0: they were balling. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that quarterback hit the ravens and jacksonville
1: oh that was bad oh
0: my gosh his helmet flew off his head hit the ground it bounced off the ground yeah
1: and then there was a chunk of grass taken out <laughs> where his little his head, head cratered in the field
0: his head made a divot it's like my That's head's a putter
1: yeah he'll probably never play again
0: hey he bounced right back up remember <laughs> we were talking about that he jumped right back up and, Drove him downfield negative four yards. He
1: was seeing spots, but he didn't want anybody to know it. (laughs) He was thinking, if I get up and walk away real quick, it won't put me in the concussion protocol.
0: I think he walked up backwards to the center for a snap one time. They were were butt to butt. (laughs) Dazed and confused.
1: He was trying to snap the ball before they could take him
0: out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I love preseason games. What I like about them is you get to see these guys fighting, like like Mazzy.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you get to see that. Those guys on Minnesota and New Orleans, they were fighting hard. I tell you what, here's what's scary. Teddy Bridgewater looked so calm and accurate and good decision making. It was scary. And then after him, Taysom Hill comes in and he looks better because he can just whip that ball around. He's got so many different angles and velocities he can throw that thing with and he can run the ball too fast. He's fast and he's strong. I mean, he's going to, chances are, you know, if it's you and him, and you got to tackle him, that ain't going to work. It's going to take a couple guys. I mean, he's not like huge and everything, but he's he's like that cornbread fed tough. Just lower a shoulder right into you.
1: Could Vita Vea take him?
0: Yes. <laughs> Vita Vea would eat him for a snack. <laughs> if he could get into Vito arm reach, which is really small, he's got a small radius. Because
1: his center is so big.
0: He's got a. So yeah, if, if Taysom Hill just stays away from Vita Vea, he'll be okay. <laughs> But he looked good. Their whole team, team, everybody looked good. But
1: they've also had a long time to build their team, too, in Minnesota also.
0: Yes, they're really, I mean, they're...
1: I mean, they've been building what they want for mm, several years.
0: Yeah, they've had a lot of the same guys down to their third stringers.
1: Yeah. Something to be said for consistency.
0: It helps. But it don't matter. I mean, we're going to beat the mess out of them anyhow.
1: We split with them last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to... After watching that... Saints-Vikings and Vikings game, I was like, oh, man, the, bike, the Saints are going to take the division. My faith wavered, but now I've seen the light. <laughs> uh,
1: I just feel like you can't look at it that way because we can control two games with them. Otherwise, they're going to do what they're going to do. The only thing that we can control is us.
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: if we beat them out, he's going to say that won't be good enough. We just got to focus on winning.
0: Beat the guys in our division. Exactly. It's B.A.'s philosophy. Rush the quarterback, tackle the running back on the way.
1: I like that one.
0: Win the division, tackle the rest of the teams on the way. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, We'll have another podcast. Most likely after the game, we're going to do an instant cast. We forgot to do one with the last game. So until then.
1: Go Bucks.